Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast, episode 346, I think. Thank you for tuning in. Um, I'm joined this week by Getz. I love Getz. I've, I've, I've known Getz a minute and uh, I've been a fan for a bit more. We did this in person. This was the first podcast I've done in person in a long old time. And the reason we were able to do that was because Warner hooked us up with a COVID safe space essentially so they set us a room at Warner. they've all been working from home for ages so they set us up a room in the Warner building which has hardly anyone in so none of the the, the office workers are in one or two of just the building type workers so they set us up a room there that was all cleaned and then closed it was a studio room so it's all airtight so cleaned out and then closed um, they set the mics up so that we could be two metres apart like, across the table. They set me up a parking space so I didn't have to use public transport to get there. So I got to drive in um, and not come in contact with anyone. And then on arrival, I mean, I'm telling you all this because it was cool. I've not done any of this kind of thing yet. On arrival, they had these camera things that take your temperature and stuff like that. So we had to stand there and get scanned and then analysed. And we had to have a mask on. We'd take our mask off for... No, we kept the mask on for, for the scan. So the the temperature takes... So basically, from when I got out of my car, I had a mask on. They scan your temperature. And then everyone in the building, has, has said, has got masks on. And we go up. And then when we were in our little room, and we've had all our checks and tests, we could go and take our masks off and have a conversation. So yeah, as you'll see from the Polaroids, we got to meet up in person. So that was good fun. Um, if, if this is your first time tuning in. Oh, another thing. I, I mentioned this interview on the Dizzy episode because I talked to Dizzy about a story that Getz tells me in this. And it's really good. As I said, this is one of my f- favourite chats I've had on the podcast. But this was coming out now because of, of release schedules and the new music that we talk about. We needed it out now to 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 promote that. But yeah, if this is your first time tuning in, then check out the Dizzy episode, the Kano episode, um, the Ashley Waters episode, the Wretch episode, the Mike Skinner slash The Streets episode, uh, Kate Tempest episode, Roots Maneuver episode. There's loads of good previous um, guests from the world of UK hip-hop and grime. So, um, yeah, all worth having a listen there's a lot of similarities in the approach and outlook of of gets and kano um and that's because as you'll hear they they uh they came up together and, and were very much um influencing each other so yeah this is episode 346 i think i've got that right of the distraction pieces podcast with gets Right, I'm here today with with Getz. How you doing, man? I'm good. Yeah. Um, yeah. How are you holding up in the in the COVID madness? I saw you getting annoyed at people complaining about the heat, so I assume you're taking the heat well. Yeah, I'm taking the heat well, but you know, is I just feel like we've just become a nation of complainers about every single thing. Like yeah. No one's 
no one's happy because yeah. when it's cold here, everyone's like, oh, shit, grey country. Like, got to fly away, can't wait to get on holiday. <laughs> holiday blues. Nice, hot. And then you're right as well because people have been complaining that because of COVID, they can't go on holiday. And then suddenly the holiday comes to them and it's it's a problem as well. I could understand if it was people that was, (laughs) if it was people that was working. Yeah. Yeah. That's saying that I, I totally get that. Like I totally get that working in the heat. It's not ideal. Yeah. But these are people that are just literally chilling. Off and relaxing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I feel you. So, so how are you finding all the, the pandemic situation? Because prior to that, you were gearing up to tour. Yeah, I toured. I ended up touring. You I did too. I think I had the last show in England. Oh, really? Literally. Like, wow. I, on the Friday, I had my London date. And then after that, there was no venue shut and everything. Yeah. So I think I was the last person. But um, with COVID, I fight, I, it's just strange. I, it's strange. I don't know what to, to totally make of it. I know it's out there. I know that. I don't want to be disrespectful and be, and be like, it's a hoax. Yeah, when I, of course. I, I know there are some people have definitely passed from it. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure really what's going on because one thing is this and it's that and then the rules change and then you can get it and it's, it's the most deadly virus in the world but you can wear this mask that will help you not get the most deadliest virus in the world yeah. which doesn't make sense and then you can be two metres away and not get it but any closer 1.9 metres you'll get like <laughs> it's, just... it's the mixed messages isn't it I think as yeah. well it's the problem part of the problem with that is that it's a global thing yeah so yeah. And, and we're now a global yeah. people yeah. you know we're yeah. not just hearing the message from yeah. our government yeah. Yeah. we're hearing the message from the American government and the Australian government yeah. and they're all different yeah. yeah that's what makes it so confusing yeah. I mean our government in my opinion have been shit but that aside, there's so many mixed messages out there. It's impossible to be yeah. that clear and, f- and focused on it. And it's um, so much focus on the actual sickness and there's not enough information on how to boost your immune system. Yeah, that's like, definitely like, not that's, being talked that's about. Vi- that's that, vital information. That healthiness, yeah, supplements, yeah, all these exactly. different things are really good for... Exactly, to fight you. it. To yeah. fight it, if you do... You should take them things anyway, but... Why are we not speaking about it in the height of a, a a pandemic then? Like, why is it not being, why is that not the focus? Hey, hey guys, here's how to in, improve your immune system. And you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and, and hopefully, God willing, you don't get it. But if you do, this will really help you to, to fight it. So I don't know, man. Yeah, I agree. It's a, it's a weird one. Well, we, let's not get bogged down in pandemic stuff yeah, and yeah. heat stuff and all that kind of thing. Um, I was thinking when we were arranging this, you probably won't remember the first time we met because I opened for Bizzle at one of Bizzle's Did album you? launches and we met there briefly. That um, must have been... It was way back. Was, was, we're talking We're talking 15, yeah. Yeah, 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 oh. yeah. It was a minute ago. And the reason I remember is, is you were someone I'd, I'd heard a lot about but hadn't heard yet because yeah, yeah. I'd heard your live performances. Yeah. were the, the reason we got a lot of gigs in the day was... We went hard live, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that was our thing. But I remember being nervous about that gig because we had this this one song that everyone saw as our song that was having a go at Grime or UK, oh, yeah. but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, was yeah. just saying, 
Grime blew up and it's amazing. But in my opinion, artistically, a lot yeah. of people got lazy and yeah. it didn't keep progressing. It came as a progression. It Yo. came as a progression from g- Garage and all these other things. Well, we stand in agreement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I've, I, I mean, I've, I've heard you speak on it since and it's it's a weird one and it happens every time it, it blows up. It blows up because of changes and evolutions and then a load of people get in line and start making the same thing. And something that yourself, I've had Kano on the podcast as well. Mm. I think he's prime for it. I've had Retch on. He's another one that you're all people have gone, right, this is dope. Where can we take it? Yeah. Where can I push yeah. this? Yeah. So has that always been kind of important to you? Yeah. That's, that's one of the most important things to me, not to sound like ghetto of old or even how I sounded on the last project. Yeah. I kind of want to listen to every project and, and hear progression. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If I like I, I kinda put myself in a in a consumer's shoes, but my own consumer of me, I need to hear progression in terms of sonically, um, even the message and delivery style. So that's something, yeah, that's always at the forefront of my mind. I love that. I can't even listen to this is gonna sound crazy, but I can't. A lot of people love posting my old projects and I can't even listen to them. I'm exactly the, the same I man. I had to re-release something on vinyl recently, yeah. and I had to for, because it's my label. I had to go yeah. over the the masters. Yeah. I've got fans who are excited about that reissue and mm. all that. I can't listen because it's I've, I I want to progress as an artist. That's I, what you want to be. I can hear at. so many issues when I listen yeah. to my old music. Yeah. Oh, why didn't you say it like that? Why did you deliver that? Do I? Did, you know what I'm saying? I just I actually want to redo it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah <laughs> I just yeah. want to redo it. You know what I'm saying? It's funny because you mentioned not wanting to sound like ghetto of old and mm. grime is is a genre as well that there's so much talk of, oh, you've changed mm. and shit like that. Like when it, it, it happened in punk, it happens in all scenes mm. that start from grassroots, mm. working class people. Mm. If you get successful or a level of success, there can be a backlash and you've changed or you're not keeping it real or whatever can mm. be seen as an insult. Whereas, again, change should be part of your evolution, if right? If you don't change, you're not keeping yeah. it real. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. If, yeah. I, if I sound like the 18-year-old, 19-year-old version of me with the same message, uh, w- w- what's authentic about that? Yeah. Most of the fans have actually seen me grow up in front of their eyes. You know what I'm saying? They've seen me have children. They've seen me move out. You know what I'm saying? All of these things you're aware of, how can I not have music that ref- also reflects that? Yeah, I'm not saying that we don't we don't talk about the past sometimes in reflection. Yeah, it's it's sick to do that talk about it in reflection. But one thing it cannot sound like it cannot sound like that's happening right now. Yeah, because that's not authentic. Yeah, those are not my feelings on day to day. You know what I'm saying? So I always say to people when they some people request like I make another freedom of speech. Yeah, and I always say this like I'm not your time machine. I understand that music is, if you was in a place at that time, what what the consumer doesn't understand sometimes is that it's attached with memories. So it almost makes you think the music is better than it actually was, if I'm being totally honest. Because because it's attached with certain... When you heard it, where you were. Yeah, it's attached with those sort of... You're growing up, maybe this is the first music you're getting into, you're, you're out with your friends. For some, those were the better days. Yeah. So when you hear those music, it takes you back to your better days. But I cannot act as somebody's time machine at this point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That music is there. You can you can listen to it, and that's there. But listening to me now should feel like I love it because I've grown with him. Yeah. 
And you couldn't have made freedom of speech if you were someone that would be stuck in a time machine, exactly. essentially. Like the first track I had that got in the charts was a track called Thou Shall Always Kill. And literally every time something big happens in the news, I have people tweet me saying, you need to update. And this came out in 2006. Yeah, yeah. They're like, you need to update. This needs to, yeah. like, you need to do a new version. Yeah. And my thing is always, you, you do a new version. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, the beat's out there. Yeah. The, the beat's out there for free. You do a new yeah, version. Um, yeah doing other stuff you know I, I think i tweeted something quite similar is um i said you are not as creative as you think you are if you're always trying to recreate what you've already done yeah, yeah. you know like when people say to me do a version of this song or or re-release a version of this song i understand but at the same time i feel like i've have so much more in my locker and i'm just a, like a music nerd i'm a proper music nerd where yeah. It's not my only... I probably listen to my genre, my genre of music, the least. Yeah. I'm always listening yeah, to other genres of music and and just taking in different flavours and, you know what I'm saying, to the point where when people are around me <laughs> for a little while, they start ringing me and say to me, ah, oh, man, because of you, I can't enjoy music no more because you got me listening to things like The Mix. Like, what do I know about... <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, yeah, man. It does. I'm sorry about that, but but that's it's how like, you evolve, yeah. right? It's learning yeah. what excites you about all different yeah. genres. It's funny you mentioned there people asking you to do a version of this track or a version of that track, and we're going to jump all over your timeline here. Yeah. This isn't a, a linear narrative. Yeah. Um, but one of the things in one of your periods of blowing up and getting attention was when you were jumping on established beats yeah, and yeah, you were yeah. killing it and getting yeah, yeah. the name because everyone was doing that at the yeah, time that was was the thing. and your thing seemed to be I need to be the one that they're talking about yeah, or the one that, that was the thing. someone wants to be better than my version yeah, of, yeah, of, yeah, of this yeah. Jay-Z beat or this yeah. no, or whatever else yeah. so how was that at that at that period to just go right I want to here's one well, in a way you've got that easy here's your starting point yeah. it's not like when you're creating a record now where you're like well, where do I begin yeah, exactly. they're going here's the you've got the you've started That's you're right. off and running That's now can you sprint? I was following the American blueprint yeah. in terms of like the way they used to do the mixtapes and they'll mm. do the versions of the biggest songs that were out at that moment. And because I never had much producer relationships when I was making 2000 and Life, that was just the easiest thing to do. And at the time, you can go to the market and get instrumental CDs. So that's what I used to do. I'd be in the markets, buying the instrumental CDs and write versions of these songs, which were mostly rap. Yeah, I, I, at the time when I made 2011, so yeah, and that's how I got uh, I got heard, and then from then I started going to different places, and because producers had heard what I was capable of, on I started building my own relationships, and then by the time I got round to get all gospel, the first one, it was all original beats. Yeah, yeah. and what I always liked again was a similar outlook. Like, like when I started off, I'd turn up outside other people's gigs. And I'd do performances. Yeah. But what I'd make sure, I wouldn't ask for money. I don't want to yeah. be busking. Yeah. I think people yeah. have a bad reaction to that. Yeah. But I'd want to leave them with a flyer that's got my details on yeah. so they can find yeah. more. And one of the things I always liked about you on the pirate radio days and all that was you were there not just to fire up that room. You no. were there to sell something as well. Yeah, you were there exactly. to say, here's my album. Yeah, there was a you know, here's Here's my fire in the booth or whatever else, but here's, here's my record. Yeah, there's Rather a, than just that moment. Yeah, yeah, because... Um, I'm just a fan of body of works. Yeah. Graham's a weird thing. <laughs> this is the truth. You have consumers who love you on radio 
sometimes don't buy into the body of work but love it on radio and i understand that it's a room full of artists heightened energy going back to back sick thing i understand that but i was always there like you said to promote a body of work because the radio the radio wasn't playing singles from us so in my head i always think how am i gonna get the word out or raise awareness so to speak that i've got an actual project out and that's what it's always got to lead to. So when we was doing Sale of Return with the Real Deals, the Big Apples, Rhythm Division, I guess what was helping me when people went into the shop, they was already familiar with my radio presence, pirate radio presence. So when yeah. they saw the body of work sometimes, and that's how I built a, a fan base away from the normal mechanics of the grime scene. Yeah. I built a fan base away from it because I had a body of work also because I raised awareness through pirate radio. Yeah, so, I, I love that because again, it's that like, People will talk all the time about, like, I started this podcast. I had a radio sh- show on Radio X, and someone said to me, Why are you doing it for someone else? Mm. I was like, Yeah, I've mm. always had that. Look, so, so why was I? And it's a similar thing there. Why purely go and improve the body of work of, for example, Charlie Sloth? Mm. And respect to Charlie Sloth, yeah. Fire in the Booths of one of the most yeah. amazing series. But why simply build his body of work yeah. when you can promote your own body yeah. of work and yeah. have that, yeah. do yeah. both at the same time, like yeah. everyone wins. Yeah. So, I mean, a, a rewinding back, you talk about a love of music. Growing up, was music in your house? Yeah, Was man. it a big thing? Yeah, but not like commercial music or With, or yeah. hard rap. It yeah. was more, dad was a big fan of Jamiroquai. Yeah. Um, I'm from a gospel, like a church background. Yeah. So... Uh, Fred Hammond, Kurt Franklin, um, the Winans. This was like really rampant in the house. Because um, that's um, music that has an energy as yeah, well. And yeah, again, yeah. you've been known live, particularly for that, for, for, for yeah, bringing that energy. Yeah. That's not music that they just put on and here's the song. It's like yeah, it, it exactly. encapsulates it. It takes them over. And I guess the most commercial things I was exposed to would obviously be maybe a Michael Jackson, Boys to Men. Yeah, and. Then, I started watching the box. Do you remember the box? Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to, um, <laughs> uh, what was it? You had to text in or call. Yeah. I remember just waiting hours. Texting requests. I remember hours, so mad, waiting yeah. hours on end, you know what I'm saying, for, for certain videos to come around. Because the videos had a number as well, didn't yeah. they? So you had to like text the number of the exactly. video that you want. Exactly. <laughs> then I got, then I was really into Garage. Yeah because that's that was the thing in my area being around people and whatnot and this garage the garage scene was amazing to me i kind of missed i missed drum and bass yeah but skibbity and shabba had a crazy effect on me because one day i was watching mtv bass at my friend's house and i remember they had some weird black and white video seemed like 007 themed yeah and i just remember feeling like that's something i wanted to do when I grow up, I, yeah. I, I I just remember feeling that. So I wasn't heavy into drum and bass. Not until um, Storman, after Storman's grand period, he got into uh, drum and bass real heavy. Yeah. Became a heavyweight over there. And he, he used to take me to the shows. Because right. I, 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 I feel like drum and bass is, maybe have a beautiful blueprint for for the economics of how they run things. Right. The level of shows that they do and how big the shows are. Yeah. But without and the tape the, packs and stuff and the like that packs. as well. The the, the secondary income yeah, that's exactly. overlooked a lot of the time. Without without being super mainstream. Like yeah. someone someone that maybe not into drum and bass might be like, Drum and bass is dead. But yeah, go and see the shows that they're doing on a weekday. Yeah. 
No you see, that's interesting because that does re- reflect your career as well. Because when, like, everyone reflects, everyone always talks back to Channel U days mm. in that heyday of crime. But you didn't really blow up that much on, no. on Channel U, right? You no. went outside of that yeah. in, in the real world Channel, kind of thing. Channel so U was a weird thing for me because... Because um, it was amazing. It exposed me to loads of stuff. But yeah. I remember you misremember stuff. You think yeah. of Kano and Getz yeah. and all these. It's like, no, you weren't, yeah. you weren't in yeah. the club. So what was weird about that? Obviously, we had a thing going on before YouTube and Channel U and, and all of those things from tape pack days. Yeah. Channel U came. I'd done Top 3 Selected as my first video. Yeah wasn't really in heavy rotation like that. And I was like, wow, maybe I want to meet the guy that runs Channel U. Yeah. And I remember Don't Phone Me and Sing For Me was actually made for the Channel U demographic because I felt like Top 3 Selected didn't do so well on there. You know what I'm saying? So Don't Phone Me was kind of like, I knew it would be all the kids' ringtones. Yeah. yeah you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I knew yeah, it would be yeah. all their ringtones. So released that via there and that done good but yeah but with channel u yeah i'm not i'm not a channel u baby basically yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. basically that's it so yeah. so going back again like what kind of upbringing did you have like was it a strict family it was east were you east, were you east london, london? Yeah, yeah east london um yeah very very strict family very 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 strict uh but i guess like i wouldn't say bad but i was very mischievous i wasn't allowed out so mm. I used to run away from home, like from an early age. My mum would tell you I used to run away from home for nine, from nine. nine. You know, like when most kids pretend to pack the bag. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, was yeah. the kid that packed the bag and left. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When I think of it now, I think it gives me shivers because I think, what was my mum going through at that time, yeah, nine man. years old? And I'd be gone for like a day, you know what I'm saying? And then come back maybe early hours of the morning. That, But that's because I wasn't allowed out. And outside always fascinated me so much. And then when I was a bit older, like 11, 12, I'd be gone for like days on ends. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then return. Um, so even, <laughs> even just in my time of doing that, I'd be off to like, I'd go Trocadero or things like that, travel the trains. You know, I'll just be everywhere. Right. I'll be everywhere. Cause my energy is, since a child, it's been very hard to contain my energy. That's yeah. why I feel like music's been a great savior for me. Yeah, because it it holds my attention, and I feel like I'm releasing a lot of energy via that. If I didn't have music, I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, it, it seems undeniable when you know that, because again, a lot of people know you kind of found music in a young offenders, mm, yeah, yeah, prison, right? So you yeah. were, I noted it down. You were stabbed at thirteen, yeah, and that was before knife crime was this epidemic yeah. that everyone's talking about. So yeah. that must have been a, a scary thing, and then, yeah. By 15, you were in yeah. in a young offenders prison. How, how was that period? Was that your kind of, that was one I'm of, out of the house now? That was one of the greatest periods of my life. Really? Because I say that, not to glamorise jail, because it's not glamorous at all, but I say that because I had learnt so much. I had learnt that this is the sort of place that I don't want to come back to, number one. Mm-hmm. I had read so many books in there. I had done so many courses from bricklaying to music to to gym courses so even just like coming home not having a clear structure to my dream because I didn't I would love to say yes I wrote this down I knew this was going to happen step one step two step three step four no that never happened but I already I already knew Storming at this point I knew Sharky Major I knew Dizzy Rascal at this point I even remember having a conversation with Dizzy Rascal from jail and just 
really asking him for advice. I knew Leaf would be at that point as yeah. well. So what was amazing for me, I would read magazines and see people that was like in my friendship pairs. And it's amazingly inspirational, right? Exactly. Knowing it's an option. Exactly. So knowing that was an option, maybe when I got home, brush up on my skills. Another thing, I'm in a place where at that age, people don't really encourage you to to follow your dreams. What was strange about when I used to spit on the wing, I had had a close friend, he's no longer here, Lee Wallace, um, and a guy called Stannerman. They would encourage me to go in the direction of music. Yeah. So I was lucky. But like, you know what I'm saying? They would always yeah, say man. to me, nah. And we could all spit. Yeah. I didn't necessarily think I was the best one out of them. Uh, you yeah. know what I'm saying? But they would always say, yeah, when you come home, trust me, trust me, like, trust me, just trust me, spit, 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 rap, 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 rap. So that encouragement there. And even just coming home and having certain fast track routes because of the area I'm from, one of Graham's birthplaces and, and the people that I'm actually friends with. Not that I didn't have to put in my own work, but I will consider those little fast track options where the first week I was in Jammer Studio you know, like a, a legendary basement yeah. where where so many people have gone and done leg- legendary things from. So just seeing just those moments, I, I remember those moments and I do hold them dearly. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because the idea of, of, of credible role models, of yeah. having people to look up to, I spoke ages ago with Akala about the myth of black on black crime. Yeah. And again, for anyone who doesn't know, just a brief thing, it is a myth because it's it's... It's the crime is poverty driven. Yeah. Yeah. The, the the highest crime rate in the UK um, of gang crime and knife crime is Glasgow. Yeah. They happen to be white, yeah. so no yeah. one talks about it as white and yeah. white. Liverpool is similar. It just happens yeah. in in London. The poverty is largely in the black community, so it's known as black and black crime. But that myth is used to anger white people, but it's also used. It also brainwashes young black yeah. kids into making it a, a reality. Yeah. If you feel yeah. your only option is being on road yeah. or being a bad yeah. man or, or whatever, yeah. then that's your only way to make money. That's your only way to pay rent. Yeah. That's the only way to look after your family. Then that becomes that. And again, I spoke to Kano about the fact, as stupid as it sounds, him doing modelling and acting mm. and rapping mm. is showing these kids that there's loads of options. Yeah. It's not just sports or grime yeah, or road. You know, and, you know I mean? There's, like, there's more than that. Now we have, we have managers. Yeah. We have accountants. There's yeah. so many, there's so many male options. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, what's, what's beautiful, I guess, about this generation is that it's not necessarily academics. You know what I'm saying? Parents can now nurture their children yeah, the ones that don't seem too academically strong, you know what I'm saying. I was one of those. You can. My mum always nurtured my other abilities. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So yeah, she yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. she was she's over the moon when the crime stopped. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. So she started nurturing the ability of my interest. You know. Yeah, I um, love that. It's it's interesting as well because it's got warped over the years because of the way our prisons are run, and particularly in America, the way it's this privatised industry of prison. But prison isn't meant to be punishment. It's meant to be reformative. That's the point. Yeah, Yeah. that's the point of it. And your story is important because of that, because that's literally how it it went down. You could Mm. have gone in there and gone deeper down. Yeah. But you you had music teachers and you had things like that. And I want to talk about that kind of inside and outside of 
of prison because the grime the history of grime gets always the respect always goes to your pirate radio stations and rightfully so but there's what gets talked about a lot less that's just as important is the workshops like the workshop was a big thing to go look here's somewhere where you can come and record here's somewhere where you can can do this facts i remember even um doing 2011 my my cousin same age as me they got richard hines um he was like one of the teens in in a youth club in Raynham that would he would work with younger children yeah they happened to have a studio. My first recordings of 2000 and Life, my first mixtape, was from a youth club. Obviously, I never had no money at that time, so this was a this was a great thing for me. Unfortunately, halfway through the mixtape, the, the studio got robbed. But um, um. I, I remember being I remember being down for like a week or so, and just in my head, I felt like I was going to use that as excuse to pack it all in. Yeah. Luckily for me, my cousin had bought a Mac and a mic and set it up at his brother's house, um, Ian. And yeah, we we got back to work. But this is where I learned that sometimes the first recording might not be the recording because when I started, when I had to re-record the the songs, they were better. Yeah. Because I I knew the lyric more. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah, there was yeah, no yeah. there was no hesitation in saying it, which it, and then when there's no hesitation in saying a lyric, it comes across more confident. Completely. It's which, what you were saying earlier about listening back to old old music. Yeah. Before you get into music, you think an album is finished when you record it and when you press it. Mm. And then you tour a record and you realise an album is finished Facts. after that tour. Facts. You go back and listen and go, oh, is that how that goes? Because yeah. that's not how that goes. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a surprise tour, to me. You find different pockets of saying yeah. things and, and you realise, wow, like, why didn't I say it, I, why didn't I say it like this on the record? Yeah. This was but it's because better. you didn't know it then. Yeah, you didn't know it. was it new to you. Yeah. So are you someone who steps back and reflects on these things because I saw a picture of you recently in a studio with Carla and that, and is yeah. that it's down in near Bath or yeah, Bristol? That was way, in, that's it? in Bath called Real World. Lovely yeah, studio. I've been in there before, and it's just crazy. amazing. These panoramic views, yeah. this like in the countryside, so much the river. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. You have to go over a little drawbridge to yeah. get into that thing. Yeah. So when you were doing workshop recording sessions or in your cousin's yeah. brother's room, house, room, kind of thing, and room. then <laughs> you probably would have thought, man, I got in. Jammer Studio as yeah. this this is this big step yeah. up. Do you take time to, to reflect and go look at what we're doing and look at where yeah. we've, I we've always, come? I always know how I how I kind of assess my dreams is that okay, who I am today from jail was very far fetched. Yeah. So the next step might seem like it's far fetched, but because you've made that step already and and outside your inner circle people might have like when I was saying what I was saying in jail outside of my inner circle it was an unrealistic thing I was saying yeah, right completely until I, I see some of those guys now and it's nothing but love and respect because they remember me as a teenager mouthy teenager very confident teenager saying these things that have come into fruition now you know what I'm saying so when I look ahead and I feel like okay so what I'm thinking in my mind seems very far-fetched. And I might not say at this point, but I know what I want. And, yeah. I, and I know that it's a possibility. Because yeah. it might even be easier because the transition has made, been made already. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Before, the transition hadn't been made. So there was a lot of things holding me back in terms of 
just mind power. The transition has been made now, so that might even be easier than the, than the first leap that I had to make. Yeah, and I, I think there's all of these things come from hard work, but I think a lot of people are blessed and lucky in that when that first unrealistic thing you're aiming for happens because mm. then it means you can have that mentality yeah. of anything's yeah. achievable 100%. if that first one hadn't happened yeah. you might start to rein things in but 100%. when so c- c- coming out of prison for example and getting in nasty crew yeah. with with people like Jammer mm. and D double E and Kano who yeah. were all legends of the scene established so to get in that yeah. that would have seen unachievable mm. so to have that kind of first thing happen probably then gives you that drive to go i can do i can do anything as yeah. stupid as that sounds it's like yeah. no i can do anything because yeah. as a kid locked up with no potential future yeah. i'm now in yeah. a few years yeah. here i am yeah can we talk a little bit about as well because this is purely because of, w- of where i g- grew up but you talked about the birth of the east london grime scene Obviously, that started to spread. Stuff was going on in South London, a little bit in North London. But people don't talk about, because it was a niche scene, it was popping up in other places as well. And I went to school in Southend-on-Sea. And Southend was somewhere that had, yeah, Yeah. it was somewhere that had these things. And at that point, you'd travel for these opportunities and these chances. Big up Deco. Right, yeah. Deco, I think is yeah, Deco. yeah. I think that's his name, hundred percent. But yeah, so South End would be the first place out of Newham and Tower Hamlets and maybe Watford, where you know you had a fan base yeah. because of Beats the Battle. Yeah. And yeah, you're right, we don't speak about Beats the Battle. Beats the Battle was like a regular rave that was always always packed with people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even looking back now, had uh Classic clashes. I think Wiley verse all, all in one was in Beats to Battle, if I remember correctly. Correctly, yeah, early days. Those, an- and that's in my first. So I kept my first. I don't know where they are now, but I kept my first hundred flyers. Yeah, and most of them was Beats to Battle. Amazing. Yeah. And and that's it. Because again, people always put restrictions on themselves and go, oh, because of where I live, I can't be involved in that or this no. and that. And one thing I learned early on was half of the clubs or venues are dying to get involved with you get there and really it's 30 people 40 people mm. 50 and then climbing and climbing mm. but it happened because there was a small group who said well let's just do it then mm. rather than we're not in london or we're not even in in specifically newham yeah you know what i mean yeah. they've gone well let's just do it here let's yeah. let's do our own and that's that's a massively motivational thing yeah. r- 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 right to know that you just need to go out and yeah and chase it yourself yeah definitely man you spoke a little bit about the second time you do, you you record a track, it might yeah. be better. Yeah. The first time we met properly, Richard Russell, I was doing a track with Richard Russell and he got yeah. you in to do to, to, yeah, to do a bit on that. And it didn't work out in the end. The way he did the beat, it didn't, it never came about. But it was the first time I met you and I liked it because I'm someone who writes everything out in advance and goes over it and changes this yeah. and changes that. But at that period, at least, you were very much, I want to turn up and yeah. I want to feel it and I want to see what else. And the only mistake that we made there was the track was going to master in the next day. <laughs> so R- R- Richard was like, right, we either get it or we don't. Yeah, yeah, and it was, yeah, it was one of them. Yeah. But is that your process still to still, kind of not really write it down, just kind of... Still like that now. Yeah. Yeah, still. But 
But you write in your heads in advance still a bit and things um, like that, right? Yeah, so what's really weird is that Fade to Black by Jay-Z, yeah. his session with Rick Rubin, 99 Problems, when I saw him not right <laughs> yeah. when he was writing in his head and he held the whole tune in his head I thought was one of the most brilliant things I've ever seen from a rapper yeah. um, and I'm very much a rapper about skill and that was just like the holy grail for me Yeah, being able to do that and so I could always hold like maybe 4 to 8 bars but never like 64s and yeah. then I'll practice practice kept practicing it kept practicing it and until now till today i can do it but what i found is that i write differently when it's in my head to pen and paper so sometimes depending on what song it is and what kind of pocket i'm going for i may write it down just sometimes but mostly it's in my head yeah i love that because like uh, speaking of the american mixtape culture lil wayne is one that's always said that and done that and i've never heard anyone feel so Seem so comfortable on the mic. Yeah. Seem so relaxed. Yeah. And again, that's yeah, that's inspirational. Well, can we talk about live a little bit? Because yeah, I remember you, you, you and me chatted. I was in meeting. I can't remember what I was in for. I was somewhere in White City, and I was your manager was there, and we chatted briefly. But I think it was in between a rebel with a cause and, and ghetto gospel, and you were really adamant about changing up. You, you, your live performances yeah. and again to give some history of how I became exposed to you I'd heard about you live and then I saw some v- videos and stuff and you, you've got that yeah, energy yeah, you've got yeah. that thing that makes people not be able to look away so I was then surprised to l- listen and find that you're a lyricist yeah you're not a hype kind of yeah. here's just the energy <laughs> that that's you know the why, thing that comes across do you know why it's funny that you say that because I, I, I fully well understand that without blowing my own, own trumpet that's that's a very unusual thing. Yeah, it Lyricists is. Lyricists are normally very calm, get the point across. Yeah. If we look at the list of lyricists worldwide, yeah. they're not hyped. They don't have not that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a niche. It's a niche. But N- I, Nile I, sounds like he's barely got out of yeah. bed on most records yeah. and, and it's the most intense, like this yeah. beautiful, but it's not that energy. I didn't recognise this until people started putting me in the categories of people that wasn't lyricists I could tell that okay you think it's the same thing that we're doing just because he's got energy yeah it's it's a total different and again they're all good skills it's like they're all good skills battle a lot of battlers or clashes don't write good records I don't mean to be harsh but it's just the case and often people who write good records can't clash I'm glad you brought that up as well because they're both good they're both legit skills you don't have to be able to do both in Graham they think yeah you see, like, if you've you've beat somebody in a clash or somebody's beat you in a clash, they think that makes them automatically or you automatically better than they are. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Wrong. Um, when people ask me, like, my top five or top three or whatever, it gets technical because I look at it from a very different standpoint. I'm very much into music, so I take music in, in the way you should take music in. And by that, I mean saying that there's boxes, right? Very few people tick all boxes. Right. Very yeah, few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to, to be a lyricist and to be a great performer, delivery, um, the flow. Um, sometimes lyricism's boring. 
Yeah. Like, let's have it right. Sometimes, Completely. sometimes it's very boring to hear. It's not particularly live. Exactly. Particularly so, live, it can have no energy exactly. at all. It can be so, really. So it's it's a it's a thin line, and and very people tick all those boxes. My top three, top five, they tick a lot of those boxes. Mm. Like I go and see even some people I like listening to their music. I've left their performances thinking, oh man, oh. I'm the same. It man. doesn't mean I'm not going to enjoy your music anymore, but. I just might not gone to come to another show. It's something that hip hop in general su- suffered from a lot, I think, in the early days because mm. there was a lot of s- studio rappers yeah, who yeah. would then get up live and just rap as if yeah. they're in the studio. And again, it's it's the only reason I got this live following when I came out was I grew up listening to rap, but I also grew up listening to punk. Yeah. And punk was the exact opposite. Yeah. It sounds awful in the studio, yeah. but live, <laughs> fuck me, it sounds amazing. <laughs> so it was trying to bring that energy, even on the more lyrical tracks and yeah. things like that, and going, right, now let's let's well, have a party here. Well, one of, the thing, one of the greatest things about Graham is that it's actually, we didn't know at the time, but hindsight 2020 is training grounds, you know, right. for being able to project your voice, being able to hold the yeah. mic correctly, um, and, and, and move about a bit, you know what I'm saying? Even like, I don't know if you remember seeing on the DVDs that sometimes you'd have to wrap the wire around. Yeah. That's preparing you for slight technical issues that you yeah. might have during your show. Don't panic. You know, it's okay. It's going to be right. You know how to control a crowd, even if there's a technical issue. Yeah. You know, you, you might not be aware of this technical issue, but you're not going to fold. You know yeah. how to get swiftly past that. And to explain that to anyone, so... A wrap in the wire gives you control over the connection. Yeah, the from connection. The, from the wire into the mic. Yeah. There's, it's not just loose. It's not going to come yeah. on and off. It's like, well, if it's in, it's in. Yeah. And you've got that. And that even sometimes control. if there was a short, for some reason, wrapping yeah. it around would kind of hold that short. Yeah. The, the 40 short. So, and yeah. then again, if you'd watched MCs in f- films or whatever else, yeah. they're cupping the mic, they're yeah. doing all this kind of stuff, which cause feedback will, yeah, yeah. will ruin a I live still, show I'm not going to lie to you though I still cup the mic it looks better it, it, it's it the feel, simple it, fact it, it looks feels better, better it feels as well better. it feels like when I try and I, start, I always start my show holding the mic correctly and then as soon as you get that 10 seconds in yeah I'm cupping the mic I bet your sound man is <laughs> on my, you constantly no, yeah, like what am I going to do he's, lo- he's looking at me like Oh, we did this whole sound check yeah, and you held the mic correctly oh, as soon as the gig starts you know it's super hard you I, can't I, help that but but as I said, well, I mean, evolving your live show has been key to you. And again, yeah. My bro- that's where you build that audience, right? Rather than j- just being, I'm jumping on the mic in a club. Yeah. To like, I'm putting on a show. And Kano, again, a prime mm. example of his, yeah. his shows he did just gone before Albert lockdown. Born, yeah. Just gone with orchestras and all sorts. Yeah. It's a it's a show. It's not a gig. It's a show. Yeah, yeah. My, and, my, and my little brother's a big part to, uh, part to play this. He's, at, really? he's my actual band MD. Right. Like the guys, he's pretty much like, you know, one of those people who doesn't care for the props and all of that, but the guy is literally insane. He plays free instruments, does the MD stuff. He's, got three, he's actually got three new cuts on my new record, to be fair, but he's just insane. And I'm inspired by him in terms of just leveling it up, leveling it up, leveling mm. it up, you know. Don't get me wrong, me and Rukid have a great segment in the show. But still, I do the band thing because there's certain records like Black Rose and Next to Kin and that just sound sonically better with a band. And that's the important thing there is noticing what adds to the performance and what yeah. doesn't. A lot of people go through that simple thing of, I've upped 
or my venue size, I need to add a band. Yeah. And they've got a band playing songs that don't need a band yeah. or aren't improved yeah. by a band. Yes, exactly. So it's making that right choice exactly. and going, here's what's improving, here's what... No, no, let's just go back to a DJ or let's go, let's plug in a fucking iPod. That's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what I do on. because a lot of grand records don't sound great with a band. Yeah. They don't. Completely. And if we do... If it we loses do use, that energy and yeah. that authenticity to it. And sometimes if we do use a band, what my brother would do, he'll program the actual sounds. Yeah into the band so if it's like you know sometimes the changeover between DJ and band could be long it's awkward in the show sometimes if we're going to have that moment he programs the actual sounds into uh, the drum kit the electric drum kit and so it just sounds it sounds exactly the same but it's the band playing it yeah Yeah. I love that and I love that choosing to take that energy so going back again you you jumped in into Nasty Crew and then Kano left and you left. Yeah. Was that still a level of confidence at the time of, right, I'm I'm making my moves? You know what? Was there any doubt? If I I be very honest with you, it wasn't... We left because of miscommunication and how some members were reacting to things. If I'm being totally honest, I'm not going to bullshit you. It was more of... It was more... In hindsight, had we all been a bit maturer... Yeah. You know, I, I put myself in that. I can't speak for anyone else, but I put myself in that as well. If we sat down and had a, a, a different type of conversation, who knows? It might still be be going on today because now today everyone's all cool. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But um, yeah, for me, I thought that was going to be forever. To be fair, but it 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 it, it wasn't. You know, and um, even. What's weird about just me as a person, anybody that's... I, I overpay homage. I overcompensate in homage, if I'm being honest with you. Right. Because I always feel like anybody that's given me a helping hand in any way, in any way, you've you've made my journey easier. I can't have a falling out with anybody that's helped me um, along my journey publicly. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. because I'm just, I'm just... It doesn't mean I've... And I've had to put in so much work on my own and do things but even because because I felt Marcus Marcus Nasty helped me I returned that same favour to Griminal which yeah. is his little brother yeah, 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 when yeah, I had yeah. the chance to to, to, to to help him he was already doing his thing anyway in my area but because I was doing it on a bigger scale I put some shed some light on him you know what I'm saying that's just how I am as a person I love that and it shows that evolution that you spoke about you spoke about I can't be doing the rap I was doing at 18 mm. because I'm not the guy I was at 18 no. anymore um, I spoke to Kano and to Dr Adam Elliot Cooper about a, a cr- credible role models that and non-judgmental r- r- role models so, so you can talk to these kids who might be going down the wrong paths yeah. or getting in the wrong paths and it's not some white government member saying yeah. you're going the wrong way it's going look I've done this I've been there yeah. here's what's ahead and that came out a lot in 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 New Testament yeah. you know you spoke and it's not easy again because you will instantly get people going oh you've changed or you're not real anymore you're not no, all I this I proper don't give a shit yeah. you know what like, if I'm being <laughs> honest with you I proper don't give a shit I feel I feel like those type of people stunted my growth for so long I should have been here earlier. I felt like I got, I felt like I made this transition after 2000 and life when I got to Ghetto Gospel. But the way, the way Ghetto Gospel uh, was received at the time 
in comparison to 2011, I don't think people's ready for that. And I wasn't ready enough. I wasn't ready for that because I immediately switched back. Now, people yeah. say freedom of speech is a classic. Freedom of speech is basically made because I felt like ghetto gospel wasn't embraced. So right. here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go insane. I'm going to make the darkest, you know what I'm saying? But um, conforming what people, I've said this many times, we always speak about conforming to the mainstream. 100%. No one ever speaks about conforming the other way when most people conform the other way around. Yeah. It's facts. Yeah. There's people that are not doing the things that they're talking about, da, 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 making it sound like it's a reality right now in, 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 in mass numbers. Yeah. That's mass numbers. It's not mass numbers conforming to making a pop record right now. It's mass numbers talking about stuff they don't do. But no one has a problem when it's conforming to that side. Yeah. yeah you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, That's conforming yeah, also. That's conforming to something that you know works. Yeah. So that's why you want to sound like that. And it's exploitative. It's, exactly. it's going, I know that this market, I know that they're hungry for exactly. this. Exactly. I can go and do that. But we, no one talks about conforming that way. Yeah. So to, for, for me, both are, both are fake. Conforming either way It's just like, that's why I don't give a shit when anybody really says, and like, oh, you're not as hard as you was. I feel like that's a compliment. Yeah. I love it. And it's it's backed up as well because through pushing in those extra, di- those other directions and, and pushing yourself, you had a track like B- Black Rose, which mm. gets nominated for an Ivan Novello. Yeah. yeah. And it's a song yeah. for anyone who doesn't know, it's a song about a young b- black black women being yeah. told they're ugly, yeah. essentially. And it's, yeah. it's fucking, it's beautiful and it's powerful and it's an important message that is going to reach outside of that pandering to to what you're meant to be pandering yeah, to, to yeah. where you're meant to stay, exactly. in, in your place, in your corner yeah, exactly. or whatever. So how was that to get that kind of, that nod for, from, I guess, outside of your scene and outside yeah, that, of your community? That, 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 that felt amazing because what I've done in the past with records like that is not shot videos for them. Right, yeah, yeah. And yeah. we're now in a video day and age. So, you know, even though I may have had records touching on certain subjects before I haven't really done videos with them so how people how pe- the surface listeners which yeah. most people are surface listeners you know like singles and whatnot, but how surface listeners viewed me was totally incorrect you know what I'm saying because um, I say this I always believe that an uh, album is a is a chapter in your autobiography by the time your career finishes you should have many chapters of, of in your autobiography but there should be growth um, you know what I'm saying and we're, and we're telling a story there's many different situations so if you're going to paint the bad paint the good as well because good's happening you know yeah. like good's happening it's not just bad it's not just bad you know what I'm saying it's, I find it weird to listen to somebody's full project sometimes and not hear about a relationship <laughs> I think I think that's strange like, yeah, 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 or you're yeah, not yeah. in a relationship of any kind Yeah. how's your mum you got any kids you got like what's like what's happening yeah you're not painting the full picture here. Yeah. Why Why do you keep painting this picture 15 times over on yeah. one record in a different way? Like, what's happening? Shouldn't there be different concepts? Because in life, um, there's so many different emotions, love, hatred, fear, you know what I'm saying? And if, if you're totally at one with yourself and as confident as everybody makes out they are, then we shouldn't have problems tapping into these different emotions that as human beings, we all feel. 
So yeah. I can talk about, yes, I got tunes like Artillery and whatnot, but there's tunes like Understand, there's tunes like Bless of a Gift, there's tunes like Tess, Next to Kin, Black Rose, and, and, and so on and so on and so on. But that's because they represent me on a whole. Yeah. You know, my music represents everything I'm going through. So it's not just da 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 all the time because my life ain't da 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 all the time. Yeah. There's lovely moments, man. There's dates. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's And, there's, and that warrants documenting, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. That, there's children. There's children. Particularly if you're looking at it as an autobiography, that needs to be in there. But yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't get talked about much and it's going to sound so fucking privileged, but music is hard to do yeah and yeah. grime is the busy, the biggest example of that there's yeah. been so many MCs that have come and gone that yeah. blow up or that have got mad mad talent yeah but don't continue there um despite opportunities and despite potential and despite skill so how do you make sure that you get to finish your autobiography that you're writing in these these records I right no man I just one, my friend, he's out there. He said, he said that I'm completely obsessed with music. Yeah. I love it, and I think that's what it, it may be. Um, you know, people have tried to make it a job for me. It doesn't feel like a job. Like I love it. It's my therapy for first and foremost. Before anything, it's my therapy, and I've been blessed to have people that like listening to my therapy sessions. You know, yeah. Um, and and that's how I guess, and also. Also understanding that there's only one me and I and I know it's people's jobs to sell records, so sometimes when something that he does works, I understand the normal thing for everyone to wanna do is push in the same direction as that person and try to recreate what that person's done. Yeah. Um what we don't talk about enough is that the most successful artists in the world are very different from each other. I think the industry's gotten very lazy, I think, and this is this. I don't. I mean, this with no disrespect. There are some special people out there. There are some different cases, but the fact that an A and R can go and look at a kid that's just done a million views in one day or under one day and sign him, there's no genius in that. That's just easy. It's a no brainer. It's, it's there. The stat just told you that it's a no brainer. Now. Now the the real the real and managers that just like manage people that are hotter and hot in that moment, yeah, that's fine. But you know when the work really starts, when his buzz starts wearing off, yeah. or he's not doing a million views no more, and you have to actually be creative. But you know what everyone started doing, they just find another person. Yeah. So sometimes I feel like people are nicking a living. Yeah. Because of yeah, what's hot in that yeah, moment and throwing them aside. If you're if you're sick at your job. If you're sick at your job, yeah, you would find a groundbreaking idea, yeah, to help push his thing. Yeah. If the artist is willing. Sometimes it's not always. The artist has to be willing and, 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 and heads have to be put together and we have to think of art. We have to, we have to think of what's not happening. What's yeah. not happening yeah, right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everyone always thinks of what's happening. Let's recreate what's happening. Mate, we'll it go. happens in the music industry constantly. As soon as yeah. Lily Allen blows up, all that's getting signed is female singer-songwriters because they need a new Lily Allen. The go. reason Lily Allen blew up there is because there weren't any like her Thank at you. the time. And this is my, and this is my point. Like, yeah. Whether I like the music or not, sometimes I can see why something works because there was not that before. Yeah. So yeah. why... It's too easy to go and get another one of that. 
Completely. So I, my thing, I think why why my I've got an elastic band theory, right? Yeah. So you can either you blow up real quick, super quick, and come back super quick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My elastic band theory is this: like I've pulled it back for so long and so far that when you let the ball go out, if it's a picture a catapult, yeah, it just goes for so long, steady, steady flight. Yeah. As far as it possibly can. Yeah. Because it wasn't a rocket. Yeah. Rocket came that down fast. <laughs> yeah. Super fast. You know what I'm saying? And I don't really listen to... I'm so obsessed with music, I don't really listen to people's ideologies of what my music should be. Yeah. Because I don't think they study music like I study it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll start to wrap things up as we're almost at an hour, but there's two things I want to talk. And number one is hearing you talk of your obsession with music makes me w- wonder if there's any further plans in acting because you, you killed it in the intent too. Thank you. And And Thank you. again, it, it's a big deal to be on the bill, like on the yeah. sides of buses yeah. and on billboards, yeah, particularly as a inspirational thing and a motivational thing. And that will, or I don't, don't want to speak for you, but yeah. that will hit differently than a record yeah. that does yeah, good no, does, or a certain amount does. of views. Do you know what, do you know what, do you know what's weird? Uh, I appreciate it for my opportunity within acting but it came about through my obsession with music because yeah, yeah. I wanted I wanted to actually make a a, a a mad soundtrack and then I and then I was offered the, the main role and I spoke to my mum and my mum said to me son don't block your blessings because acting is not something I ever I ever thought about you know what I'm saying and then my mum said don't block your blessings and I had to it's a great bit of advice I had to audition like I didn't just get it I auditioned yeah. and I got it that made me feel better yeah. You know, when I got it, that gave me a bit more confidence. And I didn't go to, like, I didn't go to the intense sets acting like I'm the man and I know everything. I was always asking the actors around me for advice every second because it's I the know... the way like, to be, man. You're there to learn, yeah, right? Cause You've I, done that previously. Yeah, exactly. I, every second, like, in between takes, how, how can I, should I have... You know what I'm saying? It was yeah, yeah, yeah. really much like that. So I won't blow any more of my blessings by saying I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to act again. It, it, you, I don't want to, yeah, no, nah, do you know what? Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. You see what comes along. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, potentially the recording could end there. I've purposely left this at the end in case it's something you don't want to speak on or no. comment on. But we've spoken about responsible role models. We've yeah. spoken about loyalty to the scene and all that mm. kind of thing someone that you've been had clashes with and yeah. had involvement with over the years is Wiley and there's been some crazy shit on I social think, media recently I think that I think that he could have articulated himself much better yeah. I feel like there were some points in the mess but it was like, a mess it was it this was, stream yeah, of yeah. consciousness yeah yeah it was yeah. there were some points within the mess yeah. I wish he articulated himself a bit better. But one thing I will say is that the example that's been made out of him is absolutely terrible. YouTube being removed, TikTok, Twitter, mm. Instagram. I've never seen anything like this in the, in the time in the time that it's happened. There's people that have been left to spew their hate against um, blacks and Muslims for, and for a long and, time, for, for a well. long time, and even given platforms to do so. Yeah, you know, so um, it it. It, it, it makes you really wonder and think because there are moments, there are moments where he was basically saying that this was going to happen to him. Yeah. And it did. So 
It's a, I, I yeah. com- completely feel you there because I, I was watching thinking just I mean furious at the, the bullshit he yeah, was yeah, spewing because there yeah. was some hateful yeah, yeah, just nonsense yeah. in there but then you look at how long someone like um, Katie I can't even remember her surname yeah. K- Katie what's her name and Piers Morgan and just yeah. anyone else who have spent a long time yeah. controlled abusing exactly and doing more damage yeah. and the speed at which exactly. the first time really a British yeah. black person yeah, yeah. was was in that kind of controversy yeah. and it was a couple of days exactly. and again there should have been to, to be clear and there everything. should be damnation there should be people yeah. disagreeing but it's the difference is very visible but I, I, I feel like I'm not one for cancel culture even yeah. if it's like a, a, against man because I feel like education needs to happen you know what I'm saying people you know what we've got right now is loads of flipping people hiding behind Twitter and Instagram self-righteous thinking they can cancel other people because your skeletons yeah. ain't out the closet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's what yeah, we've yeah. got at the moment, yeah? Like, people... You see that as well. Yeah, I see some people yeah. that I've, I've, I've peeped at their skeletons yeah, and I'm like, like how like, are you speaking so boldly when I know what... This is what I'm saying. You've got loads of people, yeah, cancel this person and cancel that person. Yeah, and yeah but what about your skeletons that you're hiding? You know what I'm saying? It should be nuanced. Exactly. Right, it's fine to call people out. People need to be called Like, we yeah. can't just l- let that bullshit yeah. go by. yeah. But it needs to be called out and addressed yeah. appropriately rather you know than are they gone. And, and then I heard that his PRS is being stopped as well, mm. which I find that, wow. So. I mean, that's crazy because that just sh- shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, like, you should, like, the, 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 the public should be able to make a choice of if we're going to hit his wallet or not. Yeah. And if they're choosing not to, it's yeah. tracks he's yeah. made. Again, I'm not going to defend a single thing because yeah. there was some bullshit, exactly. but it's tracks he's made. Exactly. You know, there's your R. Kelly's or whoever else. Exactly. Completely different thing, but I can't put on an R. Kelly track now. Exactly. Because of hearing the stuff I, he's do done. Know, do you know like what's that. crazy about that, yeah? Every time I'm listening to R&B, I feel like there's a big hole. I'm with you. Yeah. I can't, can't, like, I can't listen to R. Kelly, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> oh, bro. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's yeah. end it there. Thank yeah. you f- very much, man. All it's good. been a pleasure and it's flown by. All good. All good. Nice one. You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. That was Gets. I hope you enjoyed that. As said, if this was your first time tuning in, go and check out the Dizzy episode. It's one of the best we've done. Check out the Kano episode. That's also one of my favourites. It's, it's, the Kano episode was, I think, a year ago last week. So this is kind of perfectly timed because of their shared experiences. The Wretch episode is wicked. The Mike Skinner episode was, was one of the early ones. The Roots Maneuver episode was one of the early ones. And that was exciting because I'd not met Roots at all. Um, and he never does any podcasty type long-form interviews. And I'm a big fan. So that was cool. Similar with Dizzy, man. He doesn't really do these things. So that was awesome to uh, to get him on for. Um, and and again, obviously, same with Getz. He did a really good... Actually, he did a really good podcast episode called... Was it The Breakdown? It's it's with m- my boy Jamali Maddox, who's also been on. Check that out if you enjoyed this. The Breakdown, I think it was called. But if you search J- Jamali Maddox and Gets, it will tell you. Yeah. I'll be back next week. Got loads of good guests on their way. So, uh, yeah, I'll see you soon. Ta-ta. <laughs>